Dude, you know what was was hella funny is I I, <laughs> I laughed out loud. I looked at the rundown and I saw you put <laughs> why why do we allow let Drake why do we allow Drake to think he's a hooper and it just made what? me laugh so much. Why are we doing this? It's bad enough we allowed him to think he's a rapper. Oh it's my bad lord, help me! We've allowed this dude to think he's a sex symbol. Now we just gonna let him just believe that he a hooper? Get the fuck out of here! Come on, man. We, so we funny. the 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 culture. We're responsible for that shit. It's true. We are responsible. For that shit. Welcome, everybody. It is another edition of your favorite podcast, Quality Hang. I am Rod Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in this uh, podcasting adventure, representing the East Bay to the fullest. Don't tell me, Mark Osborne. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, baby? I didn't realize. Yeah, I got my A's cap on, and I got my old school Raiders t-shirt on. I didn't even realize that. I looked at the picture. You know, I, I am repping the East Bay. I'm, I'm going to say it because uh, I'm an asshole. Uh, you know, with both of those <laughs> items of clothing, that shirt definitely now and that hat, they're going to be like vintage items because they're going to be two teams that no longer reside in Oakland, California. But that's a different story for a different time. Hey, you know what, dude? I, I am okay with both those. Like the, the Raiders, they didn't want to be here anyway. And everybody tried to like blame. The, the problem that I have a lot of this stuff is that people blame the city of Oakland for these teams uh-huh. leaving. It uh-huh. ain't the city. These teams want to go. Raiders wanted to leave because Oakland bent over back to give the Raiders what they wanted. But at some point, you can't just give a sports team everything and get nothing in return. And the A's are trying to do the same thing, too. So fuck those dudes. (laughs) Fuck those dudes. As horrible as the professional sports stadium grift is, and it is indeed Mm -hmm. grift, I will say I can make sense of giving – hundreds of millions of dollars of public money to teams that are worth a shit to have the balls to be like, give us money for a stadium when you haven't won a title since dinosaurs roamed the earth. Like get get out of here with that nonsense. (laughs) Well, and even, even more specifically is why are we giving you everything and you give nothing like there, particularly, particularly in the case of baseball franchises, because you know, they play 80 some games a year in those particular cities, so they have a real value. But if a team like the A's and the A's ownership, by the way, one of the richest ownership groups in all of sports, yeah. uh, they're asking the city of Oakland to give them almost what amounts to almost a billion dollars in giveaways and them giving nothing back and yeah. owning everything. Get out of here. You can beat it. I'm tired of these these teams trying to take money from the city and not really want, want to give anything in return. And but, by the way, again, the A's have a bunch of money, yeah. and they make money. They right. make money. Yeah. Well, the one Fuck thing we know dudes, about rich man. people in all walks of life and all businesses is that they don't like to spend their own money. They they want money oh, no. from other people so they can continue to make money. But just back to, to teams wanting so much monetarily and then giving so little or nothing, at least give us a winner. Don't ask for yeah. money and not be good. Yeah. Like, you just, just – can we can we at a minimum just have that there? <coughs> have the balls to ask for so much and then be awful is just that's that's we'll we'll get into that I, as as I, we progress because it is a mind blowing thing. It's horrible, dude. 
Let's rock. Let's get it. We'll start with sports. We'll uh, we'll kind of go out of order here in the off the rip segment since we are kind of talking about sports. Let's go ahead and get okay. right into it. Uh, Marcus, you got the lead, my man. What's on your mind sports-wise? Well, it's interesting because I saw an article uh, that was essentially an interview with former Warriors center Andrew Bogut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he no, notoriously had his run-ins with Mark Jackson, former coach of the Golden State Warriors, and actually the guy who sort of instituted this uh, entire new culture, the winning culture, and the, the tough mindset, the defensive philosophy of the Warriors. That came from Mark Jackson. And Bogut made the point in this article, and you may have even seen it, where he said essentially that, yeah, you know, he may not get another chance because of his whole church in the locker room thing. So I'm thinking about all this stuff, not just that, but the other things that we've, the other rumors we've heard about Mark Jackson. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not. I don't want to start spreading a bunch of stuff here. But I do wonder if he actually will get, a legitimately get another shot at a team. Because, boy, he did make some enemies. And the team, like Steph, Dre, Clay, those guys loved him. But, hey, man, if, if, if the owners don't love you and if the management don't love you, you could forget it. Uh, Mark Jackson is a polarizing figure, not just in terms of his broadcasting abilities, but um, what he's done as a coach and how he sort of operates in the league. He is he is heavy on the God squad. That is true. And and that's not to to throw anything negative at him. But Mark Jackson is very upfront and forward about his faith. And that did rub some people in the warrior organization. I know this for a fact, it did rub them the wrong way. I will say this about Mark Jackson and his, um, the fact that he hasn't had an NBA head coaching job since he got fired by the warriors. What? Almost 10 years ago, maybe even longer than that. There have been dozens of NBA job openings since the time Mark Jackson was fired to the time we tape this episode of Quality Hang today. And Mark Jackson mm-hmm. has not gotten any of them. That should tell you everything you need to know. And on top of that, think of how many Warrior coaches, whether we're talking Luke Walton or now uh, uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny Atkinson is going to leave the Warrior bench. Yep. He's going to coach Michael Jordan's Hornets. Uh, Mike Brown has got the Sacramento job. Luke Walton had the Sacramento job coming off of that warrior bench and there's one more person i'm forgetting but my point is that former warrior assistants have gotten nba jobs yet a guy and i do believe that this is true had a really important hand i'm not going to say how big because i don't know but mark jackson had a really important hand in shaping the golden state warriors we see today that are on the brink of Mm -hmm. an nba title as we record this the fact that he had a hand in a, 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 a uh, an NBA team that is changing the landscape of the NBA as we know it, he hasn't gotten a head coaching job, and it's been wow. almost 10 years. It, hey, I don't know what it says, but I know what it says, and you need to. <laughs> <laughs> and real talk, this is one of those instances where I can't really even point to racism or the color of his skin being the primary issue from him giving a job because the NBA, more than any other professional sport, is doing it right. They, I mean, more than half the, the coaches, head coaches in the league are people of color. So some with Mark Jackson, I don't know specifically what it is. I, I'm willing to bet that the religious stuff has a lot to do with it. And um, you and I both have heard some other rumors about some things that he was doing there. But, but man, I, I, it just real. I actually 
for a hot second thought he was going to get that Sacramento Kings job. I really did think he was going to get that gig. And that went to Mike Brown, who you know had yep. some success, went to the finals with the Cavs, then got the Laker job, and, and that didn't work out for him. But, you know, you get on that warrior bench and you get some shine, teams are going to want to hire you. Let me just bring up another name in another sport I think is similar to Mark Jackson. There have been quite a few NFL head coaching jobs to come open since Jim Harbaugh was last head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And yes, you sir. notice Jim Harbaugh, albeit he is, is, is well compensated at Michigan, he has a great job there, mm-hmm. a job he saved by finally beating Ohio State not too long ago because it was, it was on the brink because he was getting his ass kicked. Yep. By, uh, by yep. the Buckeyes. And that's a problem if you're the University of Michigan head coach. You don't even need to follow college football. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan coaches yeah. losing to Ohio State. You don't get to do that for a long time. Yeah. Continue to be you showed up, buddy. But my point no is, is that there have been a lot of NFL jobs that have, that have been open since Jim Harbaugh was no longer the head coach of the Niners. And Jim Harbaugh hasn't gotten any of those jobs. His agent has been very skillful in, in inserting Jim Harbaugh's name into the conversation when it came to those various open NFL jobs. But you notice Jim Harbaugh hasn't gotten any of those jobs because Jim Harbaugh is notoriously difficult to deal with. So I don't know what that means, mm-hmm. but I know exactly what it means. That it just, and, if you're I, I, and, and they want to work with you, they going to find you and give you a job. Yes, sir. And it just seems like with Mark Jackson and with Jim Harbaugh, two different guys, two different sports, two different reasons. But I think it comes back to the fact they just don't bang with them. They just don't bang with. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know it's funny. You you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. I have, I have my own really probably unpopular thought about Jim Harbaugh. A, I'm I'm not okay. I think he's a better motivator of men than he is an actual coach. And on top of that. On, on top of that, I think that he's perfectly suited for the college game mm-hmm. because I yes. feel like people yes. get sick of him after yes. about three or four years. Yes, 100%. That's just me. You, you, you have absolutely nailed it. Um, I, I, Jim Harbaugh, what he does very well in the pros and college, but when he was the head coach of the Niners, he is very good at getting assistant coaches who do a lot of work, assistant coaches, position yeah. coaches, to be to be correct. He had a staff that was top notch. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, it just from from offensive coordinator, even though Greg Roman leaves a lot to be desired. Offensive coordinator, <laughs> defensive coordinator, all the way down to the secondary coach, defensive line coach. He had a he had a staff that was great. He could assemble staffs, but Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh burns bright, and that's what happened with the Niners. And he also gets you know he gets he gets kind of squirrely after a few years. That's a part of his track yeah. record. And again, this none of this makes him a bad person. None of this makes him a bad coach. But what it makes him is difficult to work with. And we know unless you were a, unless you were a, 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 an absolute flat out winner in the pure definition of the word winner, if you're difficult to deal with, owners ain't, ain't trying to bang with you. They're just not. Yes, sir. And he's difficult. Yes, to sir. Deal with. You know, and you're right. Yeah. He is definitely more suited for the college game. But he saved his job when he finally beat Mitch. Uh, when he finally beat because <laughs> the wolves, yes, sir. the Wolverines, pardon the pun, were at the door. There's yes, sir. No doubt about <laughs> yes, that. Um, it's it, it, a scourge has been finally uh, dealt with here in the Bay Area. And, Here we go. Uh, that scourge is uh, we no longer have to deal with fake Clay Thompson. <laughs> uh, since the Warriors have started winning, uh, there's been a cat. We're not going to give his name because he doesn't 
he, he doesn't deserve the shine, even though he's very yeah. Uh, there's been a campaign yeah. walk around here, for lack of a better way of putting it, and I believe it's accurate to say this, is been impersonating Clay Thompson. Oh, here's the deal. He looks like Clay Thompson in only two ways. A, he's light-skinned. And B, is he? He can approximate. Well, I don't know. Listen, I don't know what he is, <laughs> but he got that same. He got that same complexion that Clay. That Clay yeah, Rock. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to use the, the term. And if you know light skinned, everybody's like, "Yeah, I get it. He's light skinned." But he's yeah. got the yeah. same skin complexion as Clay, and he also can can approximate Clay's facial hair from when Clay used to rock the the goatee or the Van Dyke, whatever they mm-hmm. call it, on his chin, mm-hmm. and uh, and with the mustache attached. Or now Clay rocking the full beard. Anywho, this guy, a couple of days ago before an NBA Finals game, in full Warrior uniform, was able to walk into Chase Center hours before and get up shots. And because we live in a social media age, did he get this incriminating evidence on video and then post it? Absolutely. (laughs) So what did the Warriors do? Well, they did the obvious thing. They sent homeboy an official letter on like Warrior and Chase Center letterhead that basically says, you can't come here no more because you pull that bullshit. So what does this Good guy eventually do? He posts the letter because he's a ding-dong like that. And then he says, well, I wasn't trespassing. I just happened to walk through five layers of security. <laughs> so why are you mad at me? And then he goes, I spent $10,000 on tickets. I had a ticket to go to the game while completely and totally misrepresenting the fact that, dude, you impersonated Clay Thompson and snuck on the floor and got some shots up in the finals game. But what's the bill of the whole thing? He says, was it worth it to basically just give up $10,000? Yes, because I was an NBA player for 10 minutes. God damn it, no, you weren't. You were, you were yeah, not you a were NBA not. player for 10 minutes. You were a dude who could approximate Clay Thompson's look, who snuck by security guards who were probably making less than $10 an hour to do that job, and you got out there and you got lucky. I hope it was worth it for the social media clout. Yeah. Oh man, man, Rock. I, I I love this story so much because there's so there's so much like nonsense here. First of all, this Joker, uh you need to get like a life, like get a get a boyfriend, get a girlfriend, get a friend, get both but do something, get something with you, do something with yourself. First of all, but secondly, listen, as a dude who snuck into many events as a kid, I'm not mad at him for being able to pull this off because I ain't gonna lie, if I could have pulled it off and got him a few shots on the court, I probably would have done it too. That being said, everybody should be mad at him. But they also should be mad at security for not realizing, oh, Clay, you're like three inches shorter now, and you've gained about 60 pounds. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are y'all doing here? But <laughs> Somebody need to be fired. I'm, I'm not mad at the ruse. I'm not mad at him pretending that he's Clay Thompson, even though I think it's, I think it's, I think it's weird. Yeah. What I'm mad about weird. in this story is him painting himself as the victim. Instead of just come out and saying, I cannot believe I got away with this. And okay, so they caught me. I can't go back to chase. You know, that stinks. But I got away with it. It was fun. Just just own up to it. But to paint yourself as the victim, 
that's the part that's trash. That's the part I have a problem with. Like, come on, this man. Dude. You're not that important. <laughs> you're just not. <laughs> I, I, you are so right. Dude, don't be victim. Just own it and no, then, and then and have some fun yeah. with it. Have yeah, some fun with it. I mean, really, it's a, I, would, I don't want to call it a great prank, but I'm like, all right, I, I get it, man. You, you've been yeah. pulling this I'm Clay Thompson thing off for almost 10 years. Let's take it to... It's somewhat natural conclusion of let's see if I can actually get on the floor. Like you did it, sure. but to say like oh, sure. I, 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 I can't believe I'm not trespassing. I just happen to walk through five layers of security. It's their fault. Like man, miss me with that nonsense. Yeah, dude, come on, man. Just just be real about it. It's all good. Nobody's gonna be mad at you now. You, now you lost your seats and your clout is done. You, yeah. Nobody. Well, he'll probably get another fifteen minutes of fame out of this, but. It's still a wrap. You're still going to go back to doing whatever you're doing before you try to pull this thing off. Hey, let's uh, real quick wrap up sports. Uh, This might end up being our last conversation about the 2022 NBA Finals. As we record this episode of Quality Warriors are one win away from uh, their fourth NBA title in eight years, if my math is correct. Game six will take place tomorrow, uh, June 16th. My question to you, Marcus Osborne, is do the Warriors wrap this up in Boston or do the Warriors win an NBA title on their home floor? If I'm not mistaken, that'll be the first time they've done that here in this Warrior era. Man, I I am so nervous. My gut tells me that they can get this done and and (laughs) – Fuck, I'm gonna make a call. I think they I think they do it in Boston. I don't want to see a game seven. I'm not that guy. Like when my team is involved, I don't want to see a good series. I don't want to see a good game. I want blowouts. I want sweeps. I don't want to be stressed. Uh, but that being said, this is probably the series that this has actually turned out to be the series that we all kind of thought it was gonna be. But I yeah. do think the Warriors will wrap. I don't know, man. Beating Celtics three in a row is a big deal, but I think they pull it off. I think they pull it off. I said seven before uh, the series started, so I think it's going to go seven. I mean, here's the thing. Got game seven on your home floor. It, there's, what else could you ask for? Yes, you'd like to wrap it up in six. But yeah. The Celtics are, are a worthy opponent. They are definitely representative. And listen, just I don't think great players don't have back-to-back bad games. So here's what's going to be interesting right. about game six. Jason Tatum had a terrible game five, and so did Clay. So are we going to get a shootout between two of the best to do it, you know, in this era of uh, professional basketball? And, and many people, I, and I'm included in that, consider Steph to be one of the all-time greats. I, those two guys are not going to have back-to-back bad games. So yeah, it's just, it's going to well, be interesting. You know, Boston still I, has its size advantage. The role players are going to play better at home. So like I said, I said seven at the beginning. I, I've, if they ended it in six, great. I think yeah. it's going to be a game seven, Marcus, and I'm sorry. Well, I think it's, it's – no, I think it's interesting that one of the big reasons that the Warriors have this lead is because of their defense, uh, which is supposed to be Boston's calling card. And I kept saying it, folks, like everything I saw was the Celtics' defense, the Celtics' defense. Well, the Warriors had a pretty great defense too. Well, yeah. the Celtics haven't lost after – the Celtics have, haven't lost – uh, they've won every time they haven't won. They haven't lost back-to-back games. I guess what I'm saying. And the Warriors hadn't lost back-to-back games in the playoffs, so they're very evenly matched. But the only thing anybody would focus on was what the Celtics were doing, which kind of led me to believe that everybody kind of has this feeling that the Celtics were going to somehow pull this thing off. 
I, I've been one of those people who's worried. I've been worried about the three-point shooting all along, and that's kind of been a big deal, even though I think they've made an even number of threes. But, boy, Boston can scorch. Yeah. I mean, those cats can get hot and scorch the Nets. When, when the Celtics were bricking three after three in uh, the first half of game five, yeah, I was saying, hey, listen, that's not going to continue. They're going to eventually make them. And they eventually yeah. made them. <laughs> yeah. In the second half. I think they made them. Something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, listen, if, if the Warriors win it in six or if they win it in seven, I, I think we can all agree. The Celtics, they're, they're a good team. They're a good team. And if they, if very, they very good. win this thing, especially if they win two in a row and beat the Warriors in game seven uh, uh, on, uh, on Chase's floor. Then you just gotta you just gotta tip your hat and hand it to the Celtics, but like you said, you I, have I to and seven and doesn't make any sense to back away from that right now. Uh, let me let me say one more thing about that. I'll, here's yeah. something that will be interesting to me f- from a quote unquote legacy, but from the historic standpoint, is if this occurs, the Warriors will have will be uh, two and one. Is that right? Without Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant, yeah. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Dan, was that right? Yes. And and that's okay. I just making sure I got that right. It's interesting. Okay. No, man, stop being messy, dog. I'm just no. I'm just. I'm just it's interesting to me. Stop being messy. It's interesting. But I mean, listen. But but they're they're two and one with him, and they're two and one without him. It, I mean, no, it just all evens you know out. You you the type of brother to bring up an ex girlfriend like, oh really? Oh, word. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bad. Just saying. Bad and I'm I, I, oh, damn, I hate to see. I, I promise you, this will be a talking point. I promise oh, you, that will be a talking point. Yes, yeah, of course mm-hmm. it will be. Which is why I don't watch mm-hmm. those dumb shows. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into uh, what we feel about the lifestyle. That sounded weird because you say lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> Are we? Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> uh, if I was like 25 years younger, baby. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've heard because I hear like a bunch of my friends and shit walk around like, yeah, man, I was invited for a threesome and blah, blah, blah. I never got that invite. And I was in radio. I was signing autographs and shit for people. Never got the threesome invite. I'm still pissed off about that's, that. That's Cap. Anybody who tells you that they got an invite to a threesome is lying to you. That's Cap. Right? Are they? Yeah. Oh, that. no, man. Somebody, somebody, somebody stuff is real to me. Um, I went to see Jurassic Park in the theater this past weekend. And by the way, not good. Um, two and a half hours of not good. And I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. I've liked every single film, but this was the only one I'm going, yeah, this is a little too much. But what really made me uh, think about this whole idea of movies in the theater is ah, people, going to the movies now, people are just trash. Like folks sitting there and they talk on their phone at regular conversation volume. They're letting their kids run around and play in the aisles. I'm like, you brought your kid to this film. They're not even watching it. And I'm like, damn, is am I becoming the old guy? Because I know how I used to act when I was in theaters. I was the kid who was screaming shit up at the theater and making jokes and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, by the way, I apologize to every single theater audience I ever sat through up until age 22. I, my apologies. My deepest apologies. Because that was trash, um, but now as an adult, my God, this is this ruins the entire experience. And movie theaters are better now than they've ever been. Rod, they have all the conveniences. You got the recliners. You got people bringing you food. The sound is better. The picture is better. 
everything is better about the movie-going experience except for the human beings that actually go to the theaters. It's really tough. And we were like, man, I'm getting a big enough screen at the crib. I might not have to come back to the theater. Aha. Uh-huh. See, here's the thing. You just mentioned all the ways that the movie-going experience has improved. Uh, comfortable chairs, uh, screen and sound, is, that technology is unbelievable. You can hear a bullet ricochet, and it sounds like somebody's shooting in the theater. Um, yep. People bringing you food. You can now go to movie theaters, and you can you can drink liquor. All that's great. Yeah. You know, you know what that place sounds like? Comfortable chair. Real nice screen, real nice surround sound, <laughs> and the ability to get drunk and watch this movie. You know what that place sounds like? Sounds like the crib. Sounds yes. like my listen, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't ever need to step inside a movie theater again. I don't, because watching it at home to me, and I get that see, people like the movie movie people like the movie thing because of the communal experience. That idea That's we me. can all sit here and we can watch the same thing and we can all have the same reaction. Oh my God, yeah. Darth Vader is Luke's father. <gasps> yeah. You, you yeah. know, but but see, I don't need that. I don't care to be around other people in that regard. I just don't. Yeah. But the ability for me to watch a movie with movie-like uh quality on my screen, the sound is just as good. And I don't have to deal with other people. I don't have to drive there. I don't have to pay inflated prices for uh, 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 for food and drink. It's better at the crib. And then when you add in people be tripping because people are <laughs> yeah. tripping, I got yep. no time to go to a movie theater. None. <laughs> None. It's better at the crib. It's- and I'll say this. Sporting events. Better at the mm. crib. I don't mm. need the communal experience of we're all rooting for the same team. Mm. Don't need it. I get more information about the game, which is what I care about from television. Mm. And it's the same thing. The food is better. It's cheaper. It's more comfortable. I didn't have to drive there to get it. Uh, I didn't have to drive there to experience it. And I don't have to watch a couple of drunks fight as I'm trying to <laughs> for two hours. I went to game one of the finals. It was great. It was fantastic. Even though the Warriors yeah. lost, it was all great. Yeah. And I know I'm yeah. speaking from a position of privilege because I've been to NBA finals games. I just went the Warriors, but, but over, you know, over the past 20, 25 years, I, there's a bit of been there, done that for me, you know, going to Super Bowls and, and world series and, and, yeah. and all that shit. But stripping that away, I'm like, I'd really rather be watching this on television. So I, I just, I, I'm different in that regard. But the movie industry, and to a lesser extent, the the sports industry, they've been kind of in a catch up mode because we can get HD quality video of a football game and not have to deal with all the bullshit that goes along with going to a football game. All that being said. Football, and I'm just using this one as an example, is more popular than yeah. ever in terms of people going to see it. So I know I'm in the minority. Yeah. However, the NFL, just like the movie industry knows, and Major League Baseball, the NBA, they know people enjoy it just as much, if not better, on television. And they're fighting that battle right now as we speak. Well, that's why they're starting to add things like in theater screens, and and now people are can you can like wa- look at stuff on your seat, your your seat, or your arm of your seat, and all this stuff. Oh, now really? you get little screens. All this technology is coming in now. It's crazy, and I don't blame them. I'm with you, Rod. I would 
particularly with, with sports, after being so many in sports and like live entertainment, it's been in the last 25, almost 30 years going to all these things. I am definitely a lot more discerning about the yeah. stuff that I attend live. Like it has to be something really that, that really moves me or yeah. something that someone else says, Marcus, I would like you to be a part of this. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to go yeah. to support you. But I'm with you, dude. I, there's football and basketball, especially better on TV, yeah. better on TV. Baseball, I still like to go see baseball live. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll it's, give you it's, that. Oh, yeah. it's boring on TV, but live, yeah. it's, it's a nice experience. But here's what I love about it on television. I love that Supreme host strike zone on the screen. So now I'm no longer screaming. <laughs> there was that pitch when I think that it, yeah. you know, I missed it, whether it was a ball or a strike. Now I know. You don't get that going to the game. But, that you know, again, that's just me. One thing, though, before we move on, one thing that is still always better live, music. You cannot replicate yes. a concert watching it on television. I'm glad we have the ability yes. to do that now. But going to see music live, there will never, ever, ever, and I know there's Can't a problem with saying never, ever, ever, but there will never, ever, ever be anything that comes close to going to a concert and seeing somebody do it live. Whether that's somebody or somebody's are playing an instrument or whether you get down with the person DJing with the goofy mouse head. Going to yeah. a live uh, a music event, that's that's never going to change. Television and being Preach. at home is never going to replace that. Absolutely. Ever. Preach. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we we had a blow to uh, the the wonder that is black love. Uh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, uh, who was actor, fairly attractive fellow, uh, played uh, Killmonger. Sexiest man alive. Black Panther. That's right. Brother, sexiest man alive. Beat me out that yeah. year. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I give it to Mike B. All right, fine. You can have it this time. Playboy. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, and Lori Harvey, Steve Harvey's daughter. That's what she's famous for, being Steve Harvey's daughter. Uh, they broke up after dating for a little bit uh, over a year. So uh, I just want to pour some out for uh, the uh, no longer blessed union of uh, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey. But I don't feel too bad for them because both of them are ridiculously attractive and they are yep. probably having some incredible, and I mean incredible, rebound sex. And I'm sure yes. that they will find, they will find, yes. uh, they will find relationships that will uh, soothe the burn of uh, yes. their, uh, their partnership <laughs> being broken up. So uh, to Michael yeah, B. Man. Jordan and to Lori Harvey, um, it was nice to have that be a representative Let me tell you, of Black Love. Let me tell you something, Rod. When when people found out, <clears throat> when women found out that Michael B. Jordan is suddenly single again, I do believe that the hair and makeup industry, they, <laughs> I think their profits shot up about two hundred percent, and I think gym memberships went up about three hundred percent. Everybody's this dude is nothing to worry about. He's gonna be good. I had to be shallow yeah, about it, but you know, eyelashes now. Women are going out to get him so they can blink him at Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. We've all been there. What he's a he's a youngster. What thirty something years old? He's a youngster. He's all right. Yeah, he'll, he'll survive okay. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all been through that. Uh, yes. What we, we got have, next? We have. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to pop culture. How about it? What's on your mind? Oh, so you know, I I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I'm a gigantic fan of true crime stuff. Like I love all that stuff. 
the uh, the whatever the crime network is, I will watch it. I will watch all the Datelines, the 2020s, all that stuff. As a matter of fact, I used to watch so much that my wife would actually tell me to get out of the bedroom because she couldn't sleep. She would have nightmares because I was watching all of this crime stuff and people murdering their children and their spouses and all that shit. Uh, but one of the things that used to always you crack me up. taking notes like, hmm, that's how <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she probably was taking notes. I'm still alive. <laughs> Although, you know what? Now that I think about it, I've been sick a few times. Uh... I'm going to have to ch- check and see what she's putting in the cooking. Mm. That being said, uh, one of the things that always cracks me up about these shows is that they'll talk about some of these people. Uh, such and such was a, a beautiful man or such and such was a beautiful woman. And, you know, they're doing the reenactment and these actors, they are stunning people. These men and these women, they're all beautiful. And then when you show you the actual picture of the actual person, they look, I don't use that, the U word. It's just not a part of my vocabulary. But I will say they're not as attractive as they say they are. Like, not even close. Not even close. These are like, uh, these are like, uh, what's the city? West Virginia threes. Uh, they're not good, not good. And every single time they go, well, this person was a stunning beauty. And I'm looking at like, no, she wasn't. She was not a stunning beauty. And I just want to say, please get in, get actors who more reflect the way the actual person looked and stop telling us how beautiful somebody was when they were not. It's false advertising. And you make me not want to watch these shows anymore because you keep telling me that these people are good looking and they are not that. You know what amazes me about these true crime shows? I'm always amazed by the number of people who think they can get away with murder. That's crazy. Isn't it a trip? People out there that think they can get away with murder. Or like, wasn't there a lady? (laughs) She she wrote a book about how to murder your husband. And she was just convicted of (laughs) hiring somebody to murder her husband. And one of the things that fascinates me like quicksand. I'm fascinated by the concept of quicksand. I am fascinated by people who solicit the services of a hitman, and then that hitman turns out to be a member of law enforcement, <laughs> and that's how they find out that this person was trying to kill their spouse. Is it that hard yeah. to find a hitman? And why are so many erstwhile hitmen actually police officers? Like That, that blows <laughs> me away. I know you can't find well, a hitman says- like in the yellow pages. It, kids ask your parents what the yellow pages are. <laughs> you can't Google a hitman. Cops got the hookup. I don't know. <laughs> but I've always found it funny that, you know, yeah, this, this person tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife, and that hitman happened to be a member of the FBI. Like, how does, are they, are they like waving those signs like you see on the corner, like during tax season, you know, where they're spinning the sign, like, I'm a hitman, I'm a boy. Like, I just, I'm fascinated by it. Ra, you are so you are so right. It's what a good point. Like the idea that knowing for a fact if your spouse ends up dead, you are literally going to be the very first human being anybody looks at. And no matter how good your plan has been, you're not getting away with it. They're gonna catch you. You have screwed up somewhere along the way. You've been watching too many TV shows about people killing their spouses, thinking you have the blueprint, and you always get caught. It's such a good point. They always get busted. The arrogance of being a murderer is hilarious. So, Mrs. Marcus Osborne, uh, I hope you uh, you listen to this. Don't don't kill Marcus. You're not going to get away with it. Yeah, yeah, I should. 
<laughs> just go to counseling. You don't have to kill if it. That's right. We can just go to counseling. Babe, we can go to counseling. Rod said we should go to counseling. You don't have to murder me. I just don't want you to die. I know you don't want to go to counseling, but I don't think you want to die. I'm just trying to help you. We're friends, right? Real Who else talk. am I going to do a podcast with? Um, <laughs> uh, I have uh, been enjoying the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, television series on Disney+. Plus. I think we are mm-hmm. four episodes in it. Episode five. Uh, five watch tonight okay yeah yeah episode five uh, I, i've enjoyed it i just uh, watched I, it I, huh i just watched it I, have you watched it all the way through until or have you, yep yeah just yeah, just watch it oh it's good uh so Ewan good mcgregor's a really good actor uh the story like a lot of these stories it's it's kind of it's kind of convoluted uh i don't i don't want to truly spoil it but there are some uh some care some popular characters or a popular character in particular uh, mm-hmm. it has some uh, has a good amount of uh, of screen time, so I wouldn't consider myself a Star Wars nerd. And I don't even <clears> think <throat> saying someone's a Star Wars nerd, I don't I don't look at that as a negative or a pejorative. There are people yeah. who know like about the entire Star Wars universe. Universe. I'm a fan, and I have been a fan since I saw the original Star Wars in the Alabama theater. You know, when I was a yeah. kid growing up in uh, in Houston. So I dig it. I enjoy it. I think this series. Is uh, is pretty good, and and I found it to yeah. be uh, found it to be very interesting. So uh, if you haven't yeah. checked it out, definitely check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I agree with you one hundred percent. I actually think this is. I, I think what they've done with the Star Wars series is actually better than what they've done with the movies. I would agree. Yes. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah, and there is this weird, and it's not just Star Wars, although Star Wars is a part of it, but there is this. Probably over the past, with the rise of Marvel, I think this is what's happened. But there's this incredibly strange and scary, toxic fandom that's arisen. People are getting way too serious about these fictional characters and these fictional stories. I mean, the the harassment that the young lady who is a star, the young black woman, God, I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. But oh, she I, was I in. Her name as well. She's a very. She was very in Queen's bad. Gambit. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she plays. <coughs> she plays the, the third sister. In the third Christmas. sister. Yeah. Very, mm-hmm. very good. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can Google her name here real quick. <coughs> Excuse her, me. The sister is acting her, her ass off in that. Yes. Yes, and she's so good in the harassment and bullying and racism that she's had to endure because she got a role in a Star Wars TV show is maddening, and it's not just her. It's the uh, John, or what's his face, John Boyea, yeah. who was a storm. The, the remember the black stormtrooper that everybody went crazy about. Oh yeah, like dude, there's a gazillion different species of creatures, but you don't think anybody can be black? You can believe in Wookies, but you can't believe there's black folks in the Star Wars. Get the fuck out of here! You can believe in a group of monastic hippie cops that go around saving the galaxy, <laughs> talking about the Jedi. You can believe that, but you can't believe. A person of color can be in yeah. Star Wars or be a part of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, a sister's name is Moses Ingram, and again, just want to shout yes. her out. Yes, shout her out. Doing the damn thing. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's ridiculous. I, but you know, I, I, Leslie Jones had to deal with this in Ghostbusters. Uh, I believe yep. the the young lady uh, Kelly Marie Tran. I believe that was her name. Uh, yeah, he played Rose in uh, in the, the recent Star Wars movies. Um, yeah, man, it's yeah. it's it's ridiculous, and really, that's just that boils down to, you know, the people who are doing it. Obviously, terrible, ugly people, but get a goddamn grip. 
Okay? It's, yeah. It's, it's a space opera. And you're mad oh. because there's a black person in it or an Asian woman in it or a black dude is a stormtrooper. Like, I, it just kill yourself. I'm sorry. There's a, there's it's, a, it's pointless. There's, there's a weird, weird subconscious white supremacist streak in that sort of thinking yeah. that the, uh, the very idea, the very concept that any particular character in any fictional story unless specified as such must mm-hmm. be white. If you're not specified as black, or if you're not you have to be a white character. Like that's how people act and it's maddening. Hey, they they hey. got mad at the, they got mad at this woman um there's a Harry Potter uh play somewhere in uh the character oh, Hermione. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, black black girl. They yeah. are yeah. mad. Yeah, mad. Hey, mad. Let me, let, me just, let me just drop this right now. And then put a pin in it until it actually happens. Here's where it's going to get wild in terms of a person of color uh, being cast in a role that has been traditionally white. In this case, a a white man. Wait till Idris Elba, Stringer Bell from The Wire, is named the new James Bond. People going to lose their shit. Yep. <laughs> hey, when, yep. when, when James Bond becomes a black man, oh, yep. you thought the Capitol riots were something. Yep. No, the, people going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be screaming about how, oh, with the wokeness and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh wait, it's un, it's unbelievable to you that James Bond could be black. But it's completely believable to you that James Bond has essentially stayed the same age for 60 years. That's fine. (laughs) That's cool. Man. Get out of here. Get out of here. When Idris Elba is James Bond, it's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. Preach it. (laughs) Preach it. All right. Let's get to some randomness before we get into the juice segment. Uh, man, you know, this is probably going to anger some parents, but uh, I think I've reached a point where I don't think college is important as it once was. I don't I don't think that the benefit, the the long-term financial benefits of going to yes. college and getting a t- college degree are what they once were, primarily because the people, when they get their degrees, they don't end up in the careers that they got the degree for in the first place, they end up doing something else. And it just turns out to be a bunch of money blown for a bit of education. You can, I think at this point we're saying we went to college just to say we went to college, just to say we got a degree in something, but ultimately I'm not really seeing the returns that there used to be for having a college degree. And I'm like, you know what? If a kid says, yeah, I don't want to go to college. I want to do something else. Listen, at this point in life, I would tell my kids if they don't want to go to college, if they didn't want to go to college, uh, I would just say, you know what? As long as you're doing something that's making you happy and you're paying your bills and you're a productive citizen, I don't give a rat's ass whether or not you go to college. I really don't care anymore. You could learn how to code uh, by yourself. Yep. And be a web designer. And you wouldn't have to step foot in anybody's hallowed institution. Um, mm-hmm. college isn't worth it anymore because it's so goddamn expensive. Oh. You know, it's, it's, is it is it really worth getting yourself into tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in debt 
for mm. an education where you, you, as you just mentioned, Marcus, you might not be able to put that degree to good use. Back when college was cheap, well, or cheaper, it made sense. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah. fine, fine, I get it. Because you weren't yeah. putting yourself uh, behind several eight balls financially to get this uh, degree. Now that it's so expensive, it's impossible for it to be worth it. They just no, Nothing is really ever going to equal the amount of money you spend or the amount of money you had to borrow to spend on uh, on college. So not that college is going to you know go away anytime soon, but I think they've priced themselves out of the grasp of regular people. But here's a dirty little secret. That's the way the colleges want it. They don't necessarily want yep. regular people going to the college. They want it. They, they want it. Right. To become, they want education to be the 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 exclusive playground of the privileged class and mm -hmm. or people who are willing to go into serious debt to be a part of that privileged educational class. And don't let anybody yep. tell you do. Yes, sir. You know, one of the things, one, the, the, you know, again, this is just stuff. These are conclusions I've come to as I've kind of gotten older. Uh, we There's so much talk about how awful affirmative action is and all these types of things. Mm -hmm. But the dirty little secret, as you said, is that the greatest form of affirmative action is having the hookup. Yep. Yeah. If you know somebody, you're getting plugged. You yep. can't beat that. And there's no degree that's going to beat that. There's no amount of intelligence that's going to beat that. If you know somebody on the inside or if you know somebody who knows somebody on the inside, you've already won 60% of the battle of getting that job. That's real yep. talk. Yep. That's real talk. No, it's wild. So uh, fuck college, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying go sell drugs or nothing. And we'll get to that in the juice segment. But fuck college. Only fans. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we had to go. I, that's not the other end of the spectrum. That's basically the same spectrum as drugs. I don't think we had to go to porn. I think we could have gone to something else. I think we, I think we could have gone in a different direction. Like, right? I think the kids call them. I think the kids call them spicy photos now. Is, oh, is that what I didn't know? That. Really? That's what they're called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What you got? You learn something new every day. No, baby, I wasn't looking at porn. I was just checking out spicy photos. <laughs> spicy photos. Um, uh, Drake. Mm. You may have heard him. First wild yes, rapper. Yes, once upon a time. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, he is a part of a basketball league. He said, what is it, basketball league? Is he playing in the, the NBA's G League, the NBA's developmental league? No. Is he playing overseas? Is he overseas balling it up? Maybe in the Spanish league or, you know, in, in one of those Slavic countries? No. Uh, Drake is playing in something called the Sanctuary Basketball League. Sounds um, like a cult. It's a <laughs> and the Sanctuary Basketball League had its championship game, wait for it, at Drake's house. Drake has a full-size basketball court. With yeah, the home court court. advantage. Yeah, I'm getting there. With and this court has the ability to have people come and view it. Anyway, the That's championship funny. game of the Sanctuary Basketball League, which Drake plays in, and it takes place at Drake's house, uh, that went off uh, earlier this week, and uh, Drake's team uh, won the championship game. Right, so that's all fine and dandy. But Marcus, as you as you pointed out, the Sanctuary Basketball League, which as far as I'm concerned, is below the Mexican League in terms of people <laughs> for its actual <laughs> As you mentioned, this championship game happened at Drake's house. Well, Drake was having yeah. an off-eating night 
Uh, and his teammates picked him up and they won it. And of course, because it's Drake and Drake's got to be extra, they celebrated winning this title by spraying champagne <laughs> as if they won the NBA title. But here's the problem. This quote from Drake. And as oh, I here mentioned, we go. he didn't have a good shooting night. So he said in a post-game interview, which I'm not making up, Drake said, quote, I did what Kobe did in game seven against the Celtics. Shots not falling, you play fucking defense. Okay. Now, listen. A couple of things. Oh, I'm not Jesus. even a Kobe fan, but <coughs> don't ever fix your mouth to compare Mm-mm. you to Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. But there's a bigger problem that we, 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 we should have stopped at the beginning and we need to do something about it now. When I say we, I mean the culture. Why have we allowed Drake to think that he's a hooper? Why have yes. we allowed Drake to believe that he can play basketball? It's bad enough we've allowed Drake to think that he can rap. We're too, we're too, late. It's too far gone. We can't stop that. It's bad enough that we've allowed Drake to think that he's a sex symbol. We can't do anything about that. It's too far gone. But that, we that. have got to stop as a people. We have got to stop letting Drake think that he can ball. So I'm saying to anybody out there who's listening, if you see Drake out there, ball his ass up. Cross him up, hit him with the hezzy. If you have the ability, dunk on him. And let's beat out of Drake the notion that he's a basketball player. Because only someone who is under the delusion that he's a great basketball player would ever compare himself to Kobe fucking Bryant. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the ball's on that guy. Excuse me. Yeah, man. I um I laughed so hard when I first saw this in the rundown today because I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> there's only a couple of guys, there's only a couple of guys who are outside of basketball who well, you know Percy Miller, Master P. Absolutely. Apparently he's a baller. He got a shot at he got the, you know, people say he can ball. And J. Cole, clearly he can ball a little bit. J. Cole can hoop. Matter of fact, I, I think J. Cole wasn't didn't he play in college? Oh, he's, he's got some. Like he's got some bona fides. Matter of fact, I think he yeah. is playing overseas or did play overseas yeah. as recently. He's back Cole, now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He can ball. Yeah, can yeah. Ball. I, Drake is weird to me because he. You're one hundred percent right. It's like you get to a point in life where you can basically create a world that you are the center of, and he could essentially get you know, 11 other people in the court with him and make it seem like he is the greatest yeah. ball on the face of the yeah. planet. It's, it's like he, it's, he's it's created a... fan fiction for himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is wild. Wild. But like, but That's how much money he has. Like, how, how, how do you play against Drake and not give him a hard foul? How do you just be like, no layups, dog. I'm sorry. I'm not saying injure. I'm not anything like that. But I'm saying put him on his ass. How do you... How do you get That's right. up on Drake? Never. And he's not going to do nothing. He's not going to do nothing to you. He ain't going to do nothing to you. He's not the light-skinned gangster. He's not going to no, do that to no, you. No, no, nothing. Not at all. Not at all. And, he, and he's got security that'll do it for him. But then that's when that's I go, right. my neck in my back. <laughs> my neck in my back. Oh, we can set a list for two twizzlers in the bus pass. That is so funny. In this hypothetical situation. <laughs> he's not a baller. Let's stop him at from all. continuing to think that he is, all right? What's funny to me is, 
remember when he was getting into it with the players? He, he was, oh, used yeah. to get into it with LeBron. He would get yeah. into it with Clay, yeah. and and like, what what are you doing? Like, you're not out there on the court. What are you doing? Why are you I talking? I don't know where NBA players ball in the summer anymore. When I was a kid, they used to do it at this place called Fondy Recreation Center in Houston. And uh-huh. when I was a kid, I, I got to see one time. And it was like seeing it was like seeing superheroes play basketball because, well, it was superheroes mm-hmm. playing basketball. So I know they still have games in the summer where NBA players who didn't play deep into the playoffs or in the finals, they get together and they, and they hoop. I bring all that up to say, NBA players, please invite Drake to that run and humiliate the shit out yeah. of him. Yes. Drive out of his head the notion that he's one of you. Because Steph and KD and Jason Tatum and Luka and, and, yep. and Kawhi and, and all the other great players, Drake is under the delusion that he's just like you. And we cannot allow that dude <laughs> to walk this earth thinking that he's an actual NBA player. So please, NBA players, please j- just drum that out of Drake's head because he he is he's he's fucking it up for y'all. <laughs> I got a question for you, Rod. Yeah, Here's yeah. one. Here's a hypothetical. Uh, what would be your dream one-on-one matchup? For for contemporary players, not not the legends, the people who are playing right now. I got one in mind, but I, I, I want to hear yours. A one on one game. Um, the thing about one on one games is I want to keep it size wise. I want to keep it to where because, like you you would say, yeah. Kevin Durant and and Steph. All right, yeah, right, I'll watch that because it'll be a hell of a shooting competition. But it's it wouldn't. Steph has no chance. I, I, Steph has no chance. He would have I, no. He's too, I, he's, say, he's a six I'll seven say, footer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'll say, going back to my old school roots, Joel Embiid, mm. and the back to back MVP, Nikola Jokic. That would be sweet. I, I, I didn't even think about that one. That would be sweet. Those are the two best roaming the planet Earth, and they oh. both have mad skills. Uh, Who you got? He got got a post game. Uh, uh, Jokic, he's got skills around the basket, but not necessarily a post game like Embiid. They could both shoot. I I I, I would pay money to watch that. But that, I, again, that's just that's sort of my kind of old school big man mentality. Who you got? I'm gonna go with Embiid. Just because I think he's he's got the quickness to deal with Jokic around the basket. Um, I think he could get around him on the perimeter if he decided to do that. Uh, you know, he could shoot it over the top of him. I, I I would go with Embiid. I think it'd be a hell of a game, though. I really do. Yeah. Mine was Kyrie and Steph. Yeah, yeah. I'd, oh, yeah. I would, yeah. Pay, I would pay money to watch that one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Steph doesn't get a lot of credit for being uh, a, sort of an isolation one-on-one type of player, but he, is, as a matter of fact, I think he scores the best in ISO from the past season. Like the two this best dude is amazing one-on-one. Steph and Kyrie mm-hmm. they can both handle that thing on a string, and it's it's becoming more known now. But I don't think Steph gets nearly enough credit for his ability to finish around the basket. His his oh, his, yeah. his his finish around the basket game over the last let's say five years is never going to be with his, with his shooting, but it's a hell of a compliment. His uh, oh. his, his his finish game is a hell of a compliment to his uh, his deep three point shooting. And, and Kyrie is is as much of a space case as that guy is. 
Kyrie Irving is the singular <laughs> basketball talent. So, yeah, yeah, that was baller. Top notch. I, I have just a bunch of random stuff going on, and this I, w- I would file this next uh, thing under uh, uh, upon further review. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. it back, I don't know. Oh, I don't boy. know. Here we go. <laughs> upon further review, aka Marcus says some crazy shit that makes Rod. Take no, me. <laughs> I, I actually I actually think you might agree with me on this, Rod. I actually think you might agree with me on this. So Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, you know, what was it, 2007, 2008 or something like that? When all the the women he was banging, they started talking, they started chat, chatting, yep. and they started exposing him, and they were talking about how Tiger was just like this super-duper cheater, just banging 9, 10, 11. I think we got up to like 13, 14, 15, 16 women. Yes. And, every, and I remember everybody going, man, why can't these chicks shut their mouths and blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was one of those cats like, man, they should have just kept it quiet. But then I started thinking about it, and I put myself in the position of those women. And the fact that they were able to keep it quiet as long as they did, I have the greatest admiration for. Because you know what? I put myself in this position. If I was some dude who was working at McDonald's and Halle Berry came through and she's still married to like David Justice or Eric Benet, and she's like, Marcus, I got 15 minutes for you. I'ma do that. <laughs> and then, and then you know, and then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call Rod Brooks and say, Rod, guess what I did? I'm gonna tell everybody. So in a point further review, I, I think I was a little bit too hard on those ladies because I understand that mentality. I'm telling everybody that i hooked up with Halle berry she i would i would lie to her say no this is our secret knowing damn well i'm calling everybody it'll be front page news within six hours local man has coitus with two percent there's just a picture of you just looking dumb <laughs> how did i do this uh, she wanted some mcnuggets and that was it Here's here's some randomness. I was this is early nineties, nineteen ninety four, November of ninety four. I was uh, in Santa Monica visiting a, uh, a friend of mine from long long ago, and I was walking down the, the beach in Santa Monica. And on the beach, they have like a like a sidewalk, you know, where people can walk. Sure, and sure. As I'm walking on the sidewalk by myself, walking down the sidewalk, I see two people approach me, one of them on a bike, the other on roller skates. The person on the bike was David Justice. The person on roller uh, skates uh. was Halle Berry. And when wow. I say that they looked like they were completely and totally head over heels in love with each other, I completely and totally mean it. It was... It, it, as they were coming at me, I'm like, oh, damn, man. Because you know, not because really it's really nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yo, it all that look like David Justice. That's that's David. Holy shit, that's David Justice and <laughs> Halle Berry. And they were so they were so cute. They were so all over each other. And I was like, oh. And then you find out that David Justice was putting them hands on her. And then as we found out, Halle Berry, <laughs> who's still fine as frogs hair, but is crazy than a Woo. rat in a Folgers can. Either way, Kelly, <laughs> call me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> if you need someone to talk to, <laughs> she's fine. I mean, she's she, you know, she she all time. She all I mean, she, she's, even at she Pam Greer. She's our Pam Greer. That's who. She even is. at this age, even at this age, I, I'm like that. And what's funny is that and this is gonna be weird for me to say, but I never ever thought of Halle Berry as particularly sexy. I just thought mm. she was beautiful, like just a work of art. Yeah. I mean, like if I had gotten to know, but like there's women who will go, you look at her and go, oh my God, she's sexy. But Halle Berry, I would look at her and go, oh my God, she's just like, uh, just like a work of art. That's the only way I could put it, like a work of art. is There's something more, it's something deeper than just like being sexy. There is women who I think are sexy. They might not even be particularly good looking, but there's just sexiness to them. But Halle was just like, work of art, work of art. Halle Berry, looking at Halle Berry, it's like staring at the sun. It's like you just, you just squint and just like, what? What, what? what am I looking at? Why is it so? Why is it so majestic? Giving off light and heat at the same time. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> it just. What is this? Y'all need to come check this out. Come look at this. this. <laughs> it's making things grow. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> let's get into uh, get into the juice segment where we uh, we <coughs> and we discuss it so much where we squeeze the juice out of it. You see what? Happened? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, this week I'm not going to get into the whole story because it's really not even worth it. It's it's a story we've heard, we've been hearing for you know 50 years now. Montrez Harrell was Montrez Harrell who he plays for. Well, no, is he still playing? Oh yeah, maybe not for did long. He, did he? Yeah, I, was just <laughs> I think he was last with the Charlotte Hornets. This is he still this with year. them? though? that was my question. Uh, well, I, I, I'm assuming that he still is until it's until further notice. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, the the, the yeah, the small picture is that he got picked up. He got busted with three pounds of weed in the car, so he's facing felony charges. He could do some time. And so, to me, that's not the big story. The in big Kentucky. story is that, in yeah, Kentucky. yeah. The big story is why? Why are we still doing this? Like, why are we still arresting cats for having weed? And sure, it's three pounds of weed, fine. But seriously, this this thing. I mean, come on, man. What does this do? <laughs> Who is he hurting? What's happening? I mean, let, let's just get over the whole war on drugs. This dude has a three pounds. He might have even grown the weed himself. Who knows? I'm like, what are we doing? Listen, listen. You and I are of the same mind. The war on mm. drugs is it's 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 one of the great shames of American history. It really is. It's 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 up there with slavery and 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 Jim Crow, and redlining and and AIDS and the crack epidemic. The, the war yep. on drugs is is something that was brought forth to punish people of color. So we listen, we, we are the same. Mind. That being said, <laughs> if you have something to lose, don't do dumb shit. <laughs> if you got three pounds of weed, you trying to chop that up and sell it. And as Ice Cube said, being a kingpin is a thing of the past. You might yes. as hell. You have made tens of millions of dollars playing basketball, something which he is suited for and is still able to do it. You put that yeah. in jeopardy because you trying to be the dope man. 
you transporting <sighs> pounds of weed for what? I doubt you trying to smoke three pounds of weed. So listen, I I know when somebody trying to sell dope, and he he's trying to be a, a, a part of that allegedly. Uh, so bro, come on, you you might fuck off an NBA career <laughs> millions of dollars because you trying to be the weed man. So I, I'll say, oh, man. I don't. As a connoisseur uh, of the ganj, I don't know. I can't say specifically if he was going to sell. And I say that because he may have been the cat who, listen, this state doesn't allow weed, but this state does. And since I'm going to be living over here in this state that doesn't allow it, I need to go to that state to go get my shit so I can have that with me for a year. Fine. But my, but to your your greater point, let me let me finish this. This is your greater point. Your greater point is is if you're transporting that, don't do don't do shit that's gonna get you stopped by the cops. No, no. (laughs) that's it. Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. To me, the overarching point. Okay, fine. Let's just say he wanted three pounds of weed, and because I think he's from Kentucky, he went to Louisville. For the offseason, for him and, and his yeah. peoples. Let someone else transport the dope. That's what cousins yeah. are for, okay? <laughs> I get- <laughs> Whose is this? It's I'll give cousin. you a pound if you bring all of it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a tale as old as time. They're called yep. fall guys. And if you're an athlete <laughs> or you're somebody who has a lot to lose, you got a lot of people on your payroll. You got your moms. You got your uncle that helped you out. You got, uh, you know, you, you got your baby sister. You might have a baby mama or two. But on your team as a professional athlete is a fall guy. <coughs> you normally end up being cousins. And that fall guy is the person who takes the fall for you. So when it comes to, hey, Montrez Harrell, why do you have three pounds of weed? It ain't mine. The cousin is supposed to step up and go, it's my weed. He or she, because we're inclusive around here, takes the fall. And you as athlete, you get to continue felony free and also hopefully continue to make tens of millions of dollars. Montreal, why are you with something to lose an NBA career? Why are you transporting LBs of weed in the state of Kentucky? Gotta be smart. It is. That's a... That's a very strong point, and it's a good question. And you know who's asking that question right now? Montrez Harrell. Yeah. <laughs> Montrez Harrell is asking himself, why did I just have my mama or somebody just bring it? I mean, why, why did I yeah, do this? Oh yeah, yeah, why yeah. Why did yeah. I do Your it? Mama can be the fall guy, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if she, if she wants to do two jobs and be compensated as such, she can be mama and she can be the fall guy. But my, th- my thing yeah. is, don't fuck up the bag. Don't fuck, don't fuck up the career. And you know how you go fuck up the career? Getting busted for felony dope charges because you wanted to have three pounds of weed for own personal use or you were trying to be the dope man. Like, yeah. oh my God. Ho- ho- hopefully, hopefully his attorney is a strong attorney because, I mean, all that said, uh, this dude does not need to be doing felony years for, for some weed. I, I mean, come on, man. No, I, I, that we can agree Let's on. Stop yes, this. and that's where the, oh the conversation God. about the war on drugs comes back. Like, is it a stupid thing he did? Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, mm. was he trying to harm somebody? No. And and to the best of my yeah. knowledge, he didn't have any guns on him. Now, you know, if it's that deadly combination of, of dope and guns, Ooh. that's a whole different Ooh. story. But if he just had dope on him, come on, man. Chill out. 
And, and they keep talking about, you know, I, I guess they won't even let this conversation get out of committee at this point. But I, I, I know that there is support on a national level by the by uh, by the community at large. The the country is ready for them to like drop this bullshit with yeah. the criminalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. It's weird that the politicians are so against it, especially when I'm sure more than half of them are smoking that shit themselves. I'm God, certain and, of that. And if they're not, they need to because, boy, what about the problem? <laughs> Loosen up. Hit this joint. Hit, hit this joint, Mitch McConnell. Chill the fuck out, man. What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, know, I know Gavin Newsom is out there puffing hard. I know this. Oh, Marcus. I know that. I I'm just saying, tell, I know this is happening. I can't tell my Gavin Newsom... <laughs> on this podcast or can you and it's off the air or next time we kick it remind me to tell you my Gavin Newsom late night San Francisco story and yo boy uh, <laughs> Gavin Newsom used to, he, hey hey I, I saw how he moved I saw how he got down and let me say years later I am still completely and totally in awe <laughs> of how Gavin Newsom got down that night. Gavin's no joke. He's Ooh. no joke. Listen, Mayor Willie Brown, never do. No joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if we if we were really honest, this is one of the things about the politicians. If we got a politician to be really honest about the way they felt about 99% of the stuff they talk about, it'd be a whole different place. You'd have a whole yeah. bunch of different results. And we'd all be we'd all be smoking weed in somebody's backyard up in uh kentucky <laughs> if you don't think they're smoking weed in kentucky i got a, something to sell you it's probably weed <laughs> just, just th- think about this with, with with all due respect to vice president uh kamala harris uh you think willie brown every now and again he looks up and he goes <laughs> the vice president he used to kick it we used to kick me, it hard. Me, me and the vice president used to kick it hard, <laughs> hard. I'm not mad at that. By the way, I'm not mad at that. That's you know, you all, no, we no, all, we all, all kick it. Adults, hey man, yeah. Get in, you know, that's get, not, get in how you live. No, as my, more than anything, I'm kind of jealous of Willie. So I mean, let's be real about it. <laughs> Being really, yeah, real, man. real about Did, it. Didn't she, she? She dated, and there's a picture. I've seen it. And I'm like, it's a picture. Didn't she date Montel Jordan? I think she did. Yeah, this is how we do it. I think she did. No, not that. Not no, no. The TV show host, the TV host, Montel. Yeah, I I think I'm right. I'm gonna look it up. It's the TV show host, and we're gonna hold for this. But it's the TV show host, and there's pictures of them actually out on a date. And when they started, uh, when she started running for vice president, they chased this dude down and started asking him all kinds of questions about what it was like to date her. And Montel had to set Montel him straight. Williams. You know what? Yeah. You're yeah. Right. yeah. 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 And he had to set him straight. He's like, man, that was a long time ago. I'm glad she's happy now, doing better. She's married the whole night. He said, that, that was a long time ago. I'm like, good yeah. for you, Montel. That's how you be a stand up guy. That's that, Instead of playing what? to the drama. That, that, and, and that's how I always imagined Montel Williams back when he was yeah. popular and this show was on all the time. Like, he looks yeah. like the type of dude that like looked around and going, I'm in the sweet spot. And this is, yep. this is good. <laughs> and, and 
big connoisseur of the ganj. Big connoisseur. Oh, yeah, of the yeah, ganj. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I just uh, want to say to uh, the black delegation who I know are right now debating <laughs> as to whether I should have my foot pass revoked, I am sorry for confusing Montel Jordan with Montel Williams. <laughs> I, uh, I beg for the court's mercy, yet I will accept whatever punishment you lie. One is, one is tall and light skinned, the other one is light skinned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 that's it. Listen, if a white person would have made that mistake, we'd be like, oh, so we all look alike, huh? Oh, so that's why I did it. And I, but yours wasn't, but, but to be fair to you, yours wasn't about the way they looked. It was the names and it, it was wasn't the, the look. Yeah. So it let's be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had all your right. back, right? I know you did. <laughs> and, and I goofed it up, but that's the story of my life. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, just uh, one last thing. Give me, give me that, uh, give me that real talk. Spit that hot fire. What's up? That's that was it. That was the main thing for me. That was okay. it. The the uh, the uh, the idea. The I, I, I'm past the point of being angry and bitter about uh, the war on drugs, and I'm at the point where I just want something to be done about it. I'm tired of seeing cats literally lose their lives because they've got some dumb fucking drug felony from 25 years ago. And yet you go and see these little college tech bros snorting coke everywhere or fentanyl and all this shit. Heroin. But these cats do smell or smoke weed. or I'm sorry, sell or smoke weed and then their lives are ruined. They can't do anything for the rest of their lives because they have this stupid ass felony on their record. Free all people, especially those of color, who are now currently jailed for marijuana offenses let's uh let's speak yeah. into existence and I, yeah I'm, I'm with you i'm 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 over being you know mad about the war on drugs now i'm just mad about the band the war on yeah drugs. i find their music yeah to be, uh, it, it, <laughs> well <laughs> and you know what and and, and 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 the other part of that is people will say well you know they broke the law fair because at the time it was illegal you broke the law but it was it's time to let these folks out. It's it's yeah. let folks out. Like they've said their time, let them out. Yeah. They broke the law, let them out. Uh, last thing and I'll then say, make those things make those things misdemeanors and not felonies. Absolutely, absolutely. Last thing I'll say before we go: uh, watch the January sixth hearings. Um, oh, thank you, Rod. You can if you can't watch it thank on you. traditional television or consumer via traditional media. Uh, uh, watch it on your phone. Watch it on your laptop. Watch it on whatever device. Uh, or, but just, yeah. or, or follow along if uh, you have to. But the January 6th congressional hearings, um, I, I, it, these are the most important congressional hearings in the history of the United States. More important than Watergate, more important than Iran-Contra, way more important yeah. than Benghazi. Uh, yeah. it, it, our democracy is at stake. And what this committee uh, has done so far in two hearings as we record this episode of Quality Hang, they have uh, detailed an insidious coup plot against the United States uh, of America and putting in uh, peril. They put in peril that day and they're putting in peril right now uh, something that is uh, uh, um, uh, very important to this democracy's health. And that is the peaceful transference of presidential power. Uh, yeah. Watch the hearings. Learn about this. See what these yeah. evil people tried to do and what they are trying to get away with. Because this is, I think, other than indictments and the Justice Department and 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 uh, 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 Merrick Garland getting involved, I think this is as close as we can get to uh, feet being held to uh, the fire. Please 
watch the hearings. It's important. Very wow, important. Rod. I'm, gl- I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I I actually feel silly for not mentioning it, but I you're 100 on point. It is vital that we pay attention to these hearings. I mean, our the the very institutions that keep this uh, that keep this republic together are being threatened by literally one man who decided uh, I want to stay in power. Mm. I mean, we don't we don't trust the media now. Now we're not trusting our courts and we're not trusting our uh, leadership, which is fair to not trust the leadership because they kind of lie all the time. Yep. But the courts and the media, those are the only things that keep any of this stuff together. And if we don't yep. trust those things and we only we fall in love with this whole this the idea of this uh, the cult of personality of one person, we are yes. all yes. in trouble. And we 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 have to stop these assholes because they're going to try it again. And it might not be mm-hmm. as as obvious and as clumsy as the assaults on the Capitol, you know, the insurrection that day, but these 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 assholes, because they are assholes, are going to try and kill American democracy. They almost got away with it in 2020 or 2021, January 2021. They're going to try it again in 2022, but it's going to be something yep. more sinister, more insidious, more behind the scenes. They're going to be smarter about it. But the way to stop that from happening is to punish the people who were responsible for January 6, 2021. And hopefully, fingers crossed, the beginning of these people being punished is starting with these congressional hearings uh, that will go on through the rest of June. So I will get off my soapbox on that. I just think that these hearings are important. And it is our duty as Americans to consume them uh, as much as possible. Yes, sir. Perfect. All right. Couldn't say it better. I, I got way too heavy, so you know what? No, I think that's perfect. It needs to be said, man. Listen, Rod, you're but you're right. Now, I I, I want to make sure that having this podcast, we do address things like that. I think yeah. it's important that we do it. And uh, there's so much apathy, which is the reason that stuff like this happens. Is there's all this apathy. Nobody actually goes to the polls to vote. And, you know, take that thing, take that specific duty as a citizen serious enough where they get in there and they participate. Uh, So I think you're right, man. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, That's it. Another episode of your favorite podcast, Quality Hang. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, As always, we respectfully request. Don't make us beg like Keith Sweat that uh, you follow <laughs> us uh, on Twitter at Quality Hang, at Quality Hang Pod. Also, you can find us on Instagram and on TikTok where uh, various clips of various episodes are posted for you to uh, to enjoy. Bite-sized clips are there for you to enjoy. Mm. Marcus, we did the damn thing again. And yes, sir. And each time we do it, uh, it becomes uh, that much more fun, my brother. Yes, sir. Same, same, same. Let's keep doing it. All right, everybody. Uh, Take care of yourself out there. Be good. And we will chop it up with you next week. Ciao, baby.